should we bring the plants in real quick? Just yeah, say sure. hi. Bring in our, this is our special guest. This was going to be their placeholder. <laughs> it's our plate. So hello, welcome to Question Block, Secret Lofts live talk show. This week we're talking about plants. I am house Dr. Plants. House, house plants. Yeah, and I'm I'm Dr. Wires, also known as Alex. I'm Aerialist. Will you yeah. hop on? Yeah. We're joined yeah. by a special guest this week, Lily Wolf, who is a a succulent expert. An expert. <laughs> we researched yeah. all kinds of information and factoids about plants from their their early history of like the geological history and development of plants to who made the first garden. To the, the best plants for your Instagram mm -hmm. and why. <laughs> yeah, to how, and we're gonna have a practical section on how you can grow. Or how you can not kill your plants. Or not kill your plants, or grow great house plants. Or stress them, stress them. Lily's very good at stressing the plants you, to you make them beautiful. You could be a plant influencer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've improved over time. No, yeah. but isn't that, yeah. That is what I do. Yeah. She, she <laughs> stresses the results. plants to make them more beautiful. Like, yeah. a, like a good life coach. Yeah. So, uh, I guess I'll, I'll start off. I researched the history. Okay. So, here's a, here's a quiz for you two. Who, who do you think made the first garden? Nebuchadnezzar. That's a really good guess. Nebuchadnezzar, the oh, Neb the Babylonian king, yeah. featured famously in the Bible. So that goes back a long ways. That's a yes. good guess. I actually, I have written down it's how a good far. <laughs> Nebuchad they think, yeah, the Hanging Gardens of ba Babylon might have been built by Nebuchadnezzar. We'll get to that in a bit. Okay. But even before him, someone made a garden. Any, any other guesses? Was it, was it the earth? <laughs> uh, it was the Egyptians. Oh. The Egyptians had the first garden. So they always do. Genius people. So we're gonna we'll be very clear on our etymology, so nobody yells at us on the internet because people love to do that. And gardening is distinct from farming. Farming is large scale and it's for food, and it's usually grains. Ooh. We're gonna talk about gardening for like aesthetics. Gardening is for beauty. Yeah. <laughs> However, a key thing that they talk about in many articles about gardening is control. That's like a key like term they use. So oh, it can't is that be, why I like it? Yeah, it can't be <laughs> wild. That's why you're into it. Yeah. That is that is why. Controlled That's growing so of plants. That's so funny. It can't be controlled growing of wild things. Well, because there's gardens of wild flowers, but they're under control. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so the, the first recorded, I guess, like history of like aesthetic gardens would be like Egyptian pharaohs. Um, and so that's because that, as we know from like when we talked about the pyramids, that's like freaking 3500 BC. It's like super long ago. Uh, but the first like written record is in the book of Gilgamesh. And Gilgamesh was always like goes a, back to Gilgamesh. Always go back to Gilgamesh, the, the original epic poem, I guess. Uh, yeah, so Gilgamesh, just in bragging about being king, he's like, a third of my city is gardens. <laughs> But then apparently they were they were palm orchards, so it's like kind of farming. So it's, it's not even clear that it <laughs> counts. Um, yeah, so that's that. Gilgamesh was like around. They think around. He's the first humble bragger too. Yeah, <laughs> they're just gardens. It's like a third yeah. of the city. Yeah, NBD. So I think that's around twenty nine hundred BC. They have records in China. They had a uh, like ornamental like bonsai. I think that's more Japanese, but the Chinese probably had them too. Yeah, they did. Okay. Um, 
what I forget what the tree was, but yeah, they had ornamental trees in like 2500 BC, so like early China, and then yeah, like various rulers kind of had them, and then the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, they think. Uh, may have been in Babylon, but there's no evidence in Babylon in the ruins yeah. of it, which are in modern-day Iraq. There's a really funny true crime uh, entire podcast about the Hanging Gardens of Babylon where they're, like, suspicious. Like, Nebuchadnezzar <laughs> was... Nebuchadnezzar was... He was crazy. Would a crazy man really do that for his wife? And it's, like... Hours. So, yeah, if you want to learn more about the speculation. Well, hey, Richard. Chelsea Fire. Hey, we're us. talking about plants. So, uh, yeah, the story of the Hanging Gardens, and this is confirmed in a couple of different contemporary sources, is that he did make it, he built it for his wife, uh, whatever king did it, um, because she came from a hilly country, and so he wanted to build, like, a big terraced garden. And also, they weren't hanging from anything. It's oh. just like a mistranslation of the Greek. So the oh. word means, like the word for terrorist is the same as word for hanging. Oh. Hanging sounds cooler. I know. Yeah. I always envisioned like anti-gravity machines and it would be like really sweet. Or like, air plant, a ton of air plants. A ton of air plants, a living wall perhaps. Yeah. But no, it was just like a very, a terraced garden. But they had a clever pump system for 700 BC or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, Oh. Yeah, so uh, they they had like early plumbing to bring water up to the top of the gardens to run it all the way down. And they think it might not have been in Babylon even, but it might have been in Nineveh, which was the king Sennacherib, who is like, he's the king of gardens. He's the coolest. Uh, <laughs> I guess like, he did it then, if the, he's the king the of coolest, gardens. The coolest like confirmed ancient gardens belong were in Nineveh. And like, and he brags about them walking through his like orchards and stuff. Um so yeah, he had the, the the real like show off there was agriculture was hard still. And like in the Levant in this area it was like pretty like arid. So like being able to like pipe rivers around and like make water pumps and stuff was like pretty badass in like 700 BC. That is pretty badass. Yeah. Do yeah. you think he were the plants whoever it was were the plants from there or do you, were they like shipped? Or yeah, no, it was, were they shipped? <laughs> no, it was like a, a menagerie. So like, because they went on all these conquests, conquering other countries. So they talk about in like Sennacherib's like, I guess, memoirs, whatever his historians put down on tablets that they found was like an inventory of like, yeah, that he had like Ibex and like African animals. And he had all these pines from like Europe that they'd like brought in. Wow. Um, it's like a zoo. So yeah, it very much was. Zoos were originally called zoological gardens. Because cultivating animals, not that different. Oh wow! But uh, yeah, so that's your that's your kind of early gardens, uh, and then they like yeah. One other factoid: the reason they think it was like humans have been cultivating plants for a long time, but it was really farming. But the first like domesticated breeding of plants happened really long ago, like basically the beginning of history in like nine thousand BC. They've dated it too. So basically, as soon as the last ice age ended. Humans were out there, like, cultivating plants. Wow. Which is pretty cool. All right, so then we'll fast forward. I'll, I'll wrap up the history of gardens. So then uh, throughout, like, the Middle Ages, it mostly was, like, monasteries where people would have little home gardens or whatever. But, like, the whole aesthetics, like, got lost. Right, because of Catholicism, which Middle also... Ages. 
Just generally sucking. <laughs> Which also always comes up. Yeah. As, as always happens when we talk about a cool thing like music or art like, or whatever. What happened in that like chunk of time? What happened hmm. in the dark ages? You're like, oh yeah, the, the Catholics just oh, yeah. ran everything and made it boring. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So anyway, then it uh, basically in like the 1600s sort of started the Enlightenment. So in 1660, there's this book published called Garden of Eden by Sir, I think Hugh Platt is his name. And it's a book on how to grow houseplants. Oh, wow. And so that's kind of like the first in like modern history record of like... With your illustrations? Yes, there were. That's cool. The books all had great illustrations back then. Um, so yeah, Hugh Platt, father of, I guess, your modern like houseplant, good living. He was the original Martha Stewart, if you will. Um, so then, uh, then in like the 1700s, as like you know, international sea traveling like caught on, people started like importing like plants and learning how to grow them. And then nurseries became a thing, uh, in part because glass technology got better, so you could make greenhouses. Um, and as we'll talk about later, like almost all houseplants are tropical plants because Ooh. they don't have a resting season, a resting period, like a lot of other like plants from like colder climates but uh yeah so the that's 1700s 1800s who made who made plants cool who made anything cool who made the, the, anything the that's rock like, stars i any, don't know anything that's like cool now what group of people oh the victorians history, the victorians made house plants yeah. cool was it um uh oh my god who's the guy who like the penis piercing was named after was it him <laughs> Jacob's was that a Jacob's ladder? No, no, that's a no, no. The the just the single one, not the multiple one. Oliver ones. Twist? No, <laughs> I don't know. Don't yeah, know I'll, it'll come to me. <laughs> I didn't come across that in my research because he also made culture. Christmas trees cool. Him and his wife. Oh, Charles Dickens? No, okay, I'll, I have. <laughs> I thought Dickens made Christmas. All right. I thought he made Christmas cool. Well, anyway, the no, Victorians he just made, made Christmas. This guy made okay, Christmas. The Victorians cool. made Christmas cool. But they also made houseplants cool. That was the first, uh, so it's like 1800s, uh, became a middle class thing to have houseplants. Prior to that, windows were too small in most houses. So if you put plants in your window, you would just get no light in your house. <laughs> like nobody's willing to do it. Uh, so the yeah. Prince Albert. Did Prince Albert uh, No, it was it? not Prince Albert. Oh, okay. yes. Prince Albert is the Pearson. Yeah. Um, that's, that's how I remember the name, but I forgot it. <laughs> no, Didn't I don't work. think he had anything to do with plants. He just wanted him to. No, Prince Albert made, like, him and, and his wife made uh, Christmas trees cool. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, they're probably in the story somewhere. But, but yeah. yeah, what I mostly saw was the... Yeah, the Victorians made houseplants cool. And then, really interesting, in the first half of the 19th century, or first half of the 20th century, houseplants fell out of fashion. And it actually, like, wasn't in, like, the 1920s, 1930s. You would think flappers would be all about houseplants. Not really. Mm -hmm. I, it actually was, like, a reaction to the Victorians. Um, a lot of, like, yeah, Americans and, like, the British in the 19, early 1900s were, like... The plant prohibition. Were done with house... I don't know why. They were just over it. They were, like, that's for farming, and farming's lame. Um, and then it's it's not until post-World War II then houseplants came back into fashion. <gasps> And then, and like, so you can look up on Wikipedia, they were like, then it starts being there are plants every decade that are fashionable. Ooh, can you say some of them? Yeah. <laughs> what I most remember in the 
it's like in the post World War II it was like having just a few like smaller plants, um, like just like flowering in your windowsill was cool, and then like in the in the sixties it was to have like one or two like big plants, so I guess like a big snake plant. Oh or like, yeah. yeah, I can uh, imagine that. A big, even like a palm, like just a palm in your house. Yeah. But just one or two like big ass plants yeah. was a thing. Yeah. So like my parents had very 70s decor in their home uh, and they had two big plants, one of which is a snake plant. I have that plant now. Uh, or it's propagations. A long time. It's propagations. Yeah. Um. So the 70s is when people just went overboard in, in <laughs> typical 70s excess is what I was reading. So like. Having like that's when like having a living wall, having like a whole bower oh, or whatever like, in your house, like door. like this, yeah, like like our backdrop like here our is very seventies. Um, and then I guess eighties through today, plants kind of come and go. There are trends, oh. which is where I'm going to hand it off to you two. Yes, because that's your I history. Have my list. Um, <laughs> any questions? Any questions? <laughs> questions from us? From the history. <laughs> One. I'm going to save a factoid for later in the episode. Oh. But I'm going to hand it over to you to talk about contemporary. I have two plant. I have two historical plant. Oh sure. Historic. I have two plant history people. Okay. That are cool that I found that you didn't mention. Can I talk about yeah. them? Yeah. Yeah. So there's. Well, okay. This guy actually is not cool, um, but he did a couple cool things, and he had there are a couple cool things about him. It's Carl Linnaeus. Who oh. the reason why he's not cool is because um, people who do like classifications they tend to was class- he racist? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like oh, it, you yes. always see this that you're like oh they developed the taxonomy for like this and this and really changed the way we think about you know the categories of plants and animals and like the you know the genus and species and then also they just have to relate that to people i think mendeleev is still cool but yeah linnaeus was like into eugenics yeah so um he before linnaeus there were latin names for things but they were extremely long and just they were just like the longest thing ever and it sucked and there wasn't any like order to it um and linnaeus did a lot of things with like with animals as well, but in terms of plants, um, he kind of took a wild he took a wild guess, but he was correct in cl- classifying plants. Like he basically put their flower structures um, to be like closer down to the the sp- the species. He classified plants by how they have sex, right? Yeah, that exactly. And people. They were pissed about that because they were like, a plant would never. Literally, they were like, plants, they are too beautiful. What is it? Yeah, gymnosperms or whatever are like the flowering plants, I think. Yes. And then many plants don't or like plants give off spores or whatever. Like, yeah. And so yeah. he kind of, he so was, he, did that. he, you know, he went down. He's like, like, plants have been evolving how they have sex. And people are like, no. So there's d- domain kingdom. <laughs> Philium class order and then genus and species, I believe. And so, like, um, that's, you know, you can say that, like, for plants, they're in, like, the kingdom plant, mm-hmm. plant A or whatever. And then it just, there's, it's basically, like, branches. one. Bra- okay. Branches. Branches, <laughs> branches from there. Exactly. Yeah. Um, th- some, some groupings that matter, like, where, what kind of root system they have or, like, are they on 
on the earth or in the water, like those things uh, contribute to this classification. A cool, a cool thing about him or a funny thing is that he was kind of a troll. So if someone was a jerk to him, he was, he would name a plant after that person, but he would, it would be like jerkiest, obvious, you know, Alex or you, whatever. Do you have an actual um, example? I have, I have, like sexual. I kind love of na- naming an ugly plant after someone. There, okay, there was there was a guy that he did that, um, and I totally forget. So okay. I I had it in my brain. Um, an exercise for our, our listeners too. There's it's basically <laughs> plants with su- suggestive. <laughs> there's plants with like suggestive names. Um, there's phallus impidicus, which is it looks like a giant penis. I'm looking at the picture phallus right now. Impidicus. Yeah. And I guess this was supposed to be an insult. So this one, it's actually just what it looked like. And he was like, that's what it looks like. He's like, that's a penis plant. Yeah. There's like some boob, some boob plants. Mammalaria, I think. (laughs) Crassula vaginitis. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Vanilla. Oh, the vanilla. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Crassula vaginitis. There are many plant species bearing epithets uh, like... Vaginalae. Oh yeah, there's a nipple fruit. Yeah. Solanum mammosum. Yeah. So he, I mean, those those boys. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. So um, these are like some surprising names, like nar- like narcissus. It means uh, narcotic due to the plant's narcotic effects, which is interesting mm. because now. Narcissist is named yeah, after. I thought it was a plant that was really feeling itself. Yeah, that was like the plant of the nymph narciss- narcissus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but no. So. Elex vomitoria. Yeah, it's the yapoon holly. It's poisonous and it provokes vomiting. Mm-hmm. Ew. Um, gross. Yeah. So. Nice. Those are, that's like about the text. The taxonomy and the naming, and then Can there's ask, when yeah. Did, when like when was Linnaeus around time period? He was, was he, he was in the the 1700s. So he was like way ahead of Darwin. Yeah. Which is kind of cool that he he like guessed but got it right basically how the like because right like post Darwin the taxonomies are generally based on how stuff evolved from each other. They want to have a big tree of like species like branching off. Yeah. But Linnaeus just guessed based on how they have sex with each other. Yep. And he yeah. was right that that's actually how plant evolution like also branched out. Yeah, and he went on lots of he went on lots of excursions to to just look at plants and stuff. He took a lot of he was like the ultimate Swedish gap gap year. Mm-hmm. Like the endless gap year. He was just exploring. I think all the famous scientists from all the Swedish ones were. too yeah they were just like mm, just experiments London guys they're like yeah yeah like third cousins with this like duke so I get to just research I get to do science all the time um and then there's there's this guy named David Hosick um mm-hmm. and he was also from, also from the 1700s uh there's a book called American Eden about him and he basically formed the first botanic gardens in New York and there's a plaque for him 
in right near um, Rockefeller Center. There's like this little hidden plaque, David Hasek. And what was really cool about him is that he was I mean, he's a physician and he kept asking the city to build a botanic garden or a botanical. I read that you could say either. It's either is okay. Um, oh, so this guy was an American who made the botanic garden? He made the first one. Not the Brooklyn. Like he where, made. Yeah, where was the first one? Uh, I forgot. In New York. Is it the, the first Bronx? one? The first one in New York. I don't know. I forgot. That's not okay. important, really. You okay. can look it up. Um, I I like to talk about like the character. His character kind of stood out because he was fighting, not fighting, but just like asking and asking all these different like city councils and um, d- like groups and the government to to build this garden because he had been to Europe and they had all these medicinal plants there. And they had botanic gardens. You just go and, like, get these medicines. For example, people were using mercury. Still, they were drinking mercury to, to as, like, a, an emetic or, like, just to make as, you just purge as we know, con- everything. Constantly throughout, like, 16, 1700s, people drinking mercury yeah. for health reasons. Um, and he was like, you know, you, you can take these other herbs, which will just make you sweat a lot and help you... Mercury's not nerve, but well, yeah. no. But he was—he was saying, you know, you don't have to do this thing. That's very. You don't have to be doing this. Well, because pe- the, be the, the the cure—he didn't quite know that like the mercury was killing them long term. He just knew that like people. He was talking about people who drink mercury to make them like just just purge everything in their body, and if they're sick, that would make them even weaker. And he was like, "Look, you can you can take these other things that." They're just going to make you a little bit hotter and you'll sweat. So, yeah. Yeah. An American, like, yeah, guy who, like, rediscovered, probably for the millionth time, like, medicinal yeah. plants. Yeah. Okay. After the Catholicism <laughs> hid them, basically. Yeah. And the city, because at this time in the 1700s, there were plants actually all over the street. And there were horses in the street. And so the, gover- the government, the city, they were like, we're not going to spend money on this, like... There's plants everywhere. Just use one of them. And he was like, no, no, but we could get them shipped in the greenhouse. And he just, he gave, he eventually just was like, I'm going to do it myself. And he, um, yeah, he, he got this plot of land and he built these gardens. And then, you know, there's like this whole other saga with like, uh, eventually the city wanted to buy them. Or I think maybe Columbia University wanted to buy them, and he thought they were going to keep like do the upkeep too. But they were just like, "Oh, we'll just have, we'll just kind of have them." And there's this whole after story. But it was cool. He was actually best friends with um, with Hamilton, and he was at the duel, like Hamilton's duel. Um, and he like with he was Hamilton the and Aaron Burr. Oh, he was also friends with Aaron, with Aaron Burr, and. Uh, he there's like correspondences between him and he told yeah he told Aaron Burr that he was going to have a heart attack like really he was like dude you're gonna you're you're really like pushing your limits I feel here. like this really would have improved the play Hamilton if they had included they had the botanist garden. yeah yeah um alright so, so let's let's go to our succulent correspondent yeah correspondent yes yeah. Here, come sit in the middle seat. Oh, okay. I feel like that suggests that I write things. Correspond. No, you report. Oh. You report. <laughs> you report right. on something. I'll try. Yes. 
Yeah. Oh, just that, uh, his botanic gardens on the outskirts of New York City. That's there you go. Had to what, pop Ob- that in Oboken? there. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, she was like in Jersey. Okay. Um, so, so welcome, so, Lily Wolf. Lily, tell us about your history <laughs> with with raising plants. Oh, with the plants. How'd you get into that? Um, that's a good question. I don't totally remember. Uh, I think I was living with you in uh, the the weird space that we built rooms in mm-hmm. <laughs> at the time. Um, mm, former textile oh, factory. I do remember. I do remember. Uh, so my brother Will uh, had a wedding where they were offering the guests little tiny succulents as gifts. Nice. Right? Like That's they, do, they do that cool. for some weddings. Um, and so I thought that it would be cool to you know grow the few succulents that I got from that uh, and keep them as sort of a symbol of like. I don't know, my, my brother's love <laughs> for his wife. Um, I think they did the same thing. They have, like, some really big... They still have them? Yeah, like, and they've gotten huge. Um, so, uh... Nice. Oh, wow. Some of mine have, too, uh, from there. But then I just kept adding two to those. Okay. Where do you get your succulents? Like, mainly, where's your favorite place to get them? So, probably Etsy. Really? Uh, yeah. Okay. If you want to buy uh, succulents in particular, that's probably the best place to go. Like, as far as I know, there's a lot of, like, serious growers on there. Um, and Etsy, I think, like, does a pretty nice job of making the whole process seamless. Um, that's so And, cool. like, the, you know, they have, like, the review system. So you can figure out, like, which sellers are actually you know, going to send plants that look like the plants. <laughs> Do people, they substitute, like, like more common succulents for, like, for the more valuable succulents? Um, I don't think you could get away with doing that on Etsy. Like, it would be hard yeah. to do, and it would tank your rating. It'd be like fake drugs. They're like, yeah, if you if you care for these perfectly, they will blossom, and it'll be, like, super awesome. I mean, there are, like, rare succulents that is a thing, um, and, you know, people can charge, like, two or three or four hundred dollars for, like, a specific rare succulent, um, which will probably die when you get it, uh, because you're not good at taking care of that. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> Or maybe you are, and that's why you're buying them. But, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, they don't necessarily, like, look all that much cooler than the, the regular ones that are, like, 20 bucks or whatever. That's so cool. So how many do you have uh, about, do you have now, like, would you say? Uh, they've expanded. Um, so I put them in bowls for the most part because otherwise you end up with, like, a hundred tiny little things of a succulent, and it gets difficult to manage. Uh, and I think the bowls look nicer. So I have... Let's see. They they probably appreciate hanging out with each other too. I don't know if they do. Like, (laughs) (laughs) do they? They seem like a solitary plant. Uh, I mean, like, I'm pretty sure that plants have, and I don't know what it is, and it would be cool to know this, actually. They have ways of sensing the proximity of other plants, like, pretty certain. We know about the soil fungus. Yeah. So I don't know if it's through, like, mycelium, um, or it's, like, something else, but my plants, they know when there's, like, another plant over there, and they don't (laughs) want to, like, get in too much in that plant space. Which is annoying because, like, that's what makes them look cool and look oh, together in the bowl. <laughs> um, uh, so I'm still <laughs> trying to work out that detail. But it is kind of dope. That, like, they just know that the other plant's there and are like, oh, okay, I'll leave a little gap between us. That's that, yeah. That happens in uh, forests as well. It's called crown shyness. Oh, really? 
Well, uh, That's awesome. people can look up on the internet. Wikipedia has a great picture, but if you're ever in a forest, look up at the canopy. None of the leaves actually overlap or touch. They will come just up next to each other, and the tree carves out its own space. And it's basically because the tree that's like that are next to each other, it's like whichever one is lower is like, oh, there's no point in continuing to spread my leaves that direction because I'll get shaded yeah. by the tree next to me. So it's called crown shyness, where trees don't touch each other in the canopy. They each carve out their little space. That's amazing. I guess it's tough. Yeah, it's like some people, if they overshadow you constantly, you're like, I can't be around you. Oh, plants are wild. Literally. But plants are wild. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we've got our tagline for the episode. Plants are wild. Um, sorry, so I, I interrupted you. Yeah, how many plants? How many so you have, oh, yeah. you have a bunch uh, of... So it's probably an average of like 10 per, per bowl. And I've got oh, wow. one, two, three, four, five, six of them. Whoa. Uh, and honestly, it's probably more than 10. Uh, so I probably have like 70 or 80 plants at this point. That's It's just succulents. So wild. I have other plants as well. Oh, my goodness. Oh, and what kind of other plants do you have? You said you have your snake plant. Yeah, I have a big-ass snake plant um, that is – so my mom – had a snake plant that she tended to when I was growing up. Um, that was pretty big itself. And then she created four propagations to give to her kids. And for the, That's what's really a propagation cute. for the, uh, oh yeah, the, uh, we'll define, cause there's, I noticed that like plant people, they all use the scientific names. Like there are all these like Instagram people and they're like, yeah, they'll they'll use the Latin name and then like they'll they'll use they'll be like propagation. I I had to yeah, learn like all the these. name of the thing. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know what else to call it. Um, but yeah. it's uh, replicating the plant. So like you want to make another of this plant, so you will propagate it. Um, so and succulents have like specific ways that they will propagate that like other plants can't necessarily. Um, so how are like, you? Okay, so this is a this is I have a Christmas cactus here. Yeah. You can, I mean, you can describe, but you can like show. Like, so you so wanted to propagate. Thank you. I think I over, now that I've done research, I think I've over watered it and maybe given it a little too much sun. But uh, okay. we'll fix that. Um, so if you want to propagate this, what would you do? Um, so I do not know how to propagate a Christmas cactus specifically. I mean, if it works like other stuff. I think, yeah, too, let's pretend it does. Then like you could propagate it from a leaf. Um, which so, is like a cool thing about succulents. You would so, take. Like, you can, yeah, you can like snip off a leaf from this guy or in like, you know, succulents that I guess people know or are more familiar with. You have like a rose shaped one, right? You can pull off a leaf. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you stick it on the dirt and it starts growing you a new it. one at the end. That's and you're like, what? Like, how are you doing that? Uh, and yeah, you, so eventually you end up with like a little baby succulent at the end of that leaf. Um, I think they tend to like more water than like your typical big succulents. The, prop, the ones to, that you're propagating? Yeah, to get the propagation going. And then eventually the leaf, like the original leaf will like kind of dry up once its baby's gotten big enough. And then you just have a very small succulent. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. I have a few uh, propagating now in my... Soil. And if then, we're counting those, too, we've got, like, way oh. more. <laughs> That's so... And then, so, okay, so you have the snake, you have the snake plant, and then you have, like, your other non-succulent ones, like yeah, your... I have regular plants, too. Uh, <laughs> I have a big monstera. I have, 
Uh, Bird of Paradise. Lots of people like Bird of Paradise. Oh, yeah. It's like a popular plant. Uh, They get really tall. Um, What else have we got? I've got like a couple of snake plants. There's a a jade, a couple jades. Uh, Lots of pothos. Pothos, yeah. Those guys are super easy. Like they'll withstand anything. So do these plants all have different watering and lighting schedules? Yeah. Are they over... And you, how do you keep track of all this? Uh, I have, like, an app for it. Most of the time I don't consult it. I just, like, remember, kind of. I guess so. What's but, the app? But you've got several different schedules going on at once, right? I, yeah. Like, these are every three days. Okay. These are every five. Yes. Are- I'm not that precise about it. Uh, like, most of them are either you water them every day. Mm-hmm. I water them every other day. Or I water them... Rarely. Like, the succulents are just like, I think it's been a while. Like, okay. Like, they look, you know, like they're ready. They tell you. Do you miss them? Uh, Not succulents. There are certain plants that I missed. Like, I have a rubber plant. I missed that. Um, There's, like, another one that I missed, too. Uh, Some red thing. I don't even know what that one is. I have to go find out. (laughs) Oh, red. I thought you said red thing. No. No, red. A Um, red thing. Yeah. Do you want to, Ariel, do you want to plug that app? Oh, what? I want to know what app you use, Lily, and then I'll... Yeah. Honestly, I haven't consulted it in a while, and I don't even ah. remember. Um, there was one that I – yeah, I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> so there's an app that I was using called – it's called Picture This, and it's – Okay. Yeah, you, plant IDs. Yeah, yeah. But if you point it at the at a plant, it's, like, really good at – you take a picture of it. It's really good at, like, identifying it, but it will also tell you the care. But it doesn't have the schedule of, like, the watering. Um, I do have, like, a general – a general like guideline to, of like looking at the leaves and stuff about like how you know how right. much like water yeah. and like if if you have a if you have a plant I guess this is supposed to be a monstera I think oh no that's or, a, that's something else no, that's some viney situation this yeah. one monstera yeah. will have actual Swiss like it's a Swiss yeah. cheese plant. oh okay. that's the Swiss, all over this Swiss cheese deal okay so like if you have any of these like leafier green like the darker green. They are, they need more, uh, they have more chlorophyll in their leaves. So that means that they are more of a shady, they're like in the in the rainforest, like, and they, they're trying to get whatever sun that they can because it's just the sun that's shining down through the canopy. So they have to have these like really big leaves, kind of like a, a, so, a solar dish where oh. they're like, hello. So bigger you know? leaves indicates that it doesn't get as much sun. Right. So lot. it means it's a little more, sh- a little more shady, <laughs> a little shady bitch. And also if they have like leathery or like smooth leaves, that probably means that like leathery smooth mm-hmm. vinyl, I guess, leaves. That means that the water. <laughs> that means they're made out of plastic. Yeah. Like these guys. It means that the water will just drip off of them, which means they don't need to conserve the water, which means that they probably live in an environment that has a lot of water, which means that you should water them a lot. So they're shady and they need water. And then if they're like, um, like a succulents, they have sometimes like hairy or furry or like, oh yeah, almost, I've got some fuzzy you know, ones. fuzzy. Yeah. leaves or more like woolly sort of the, the spines even um that means that they're trying whatever water goes on them they're like trying to keep that in in them as long as possible so that means they don't need as much water right because you're trying to recreate the environment that they came from and then 
they're a lot of the succulents they're like not this kind of green right they're like they're like a more dustier yeah kind of deep, green a they're like a yeah, maybe green. a purpley a purpley or like a Oh, silvery, silverier kind of. Oh, I don't um, know if they're silvery. They can definitely change colors, and you're right; they tend to not be super dark green. So they get a, that means they get a lot of sun because, like, they're trying to reflect like the sun, like they're like tr to keep from burning, you know, like, um, and they um they don't have as much chlorophyll in them. So it's a kind of like a smaller solar panel you can think of. So that means they they uh they need they like more light. That's yeah, I have birds of paradise on my side. Oh yeah. Right oh do you? Uh, Let me see. I think that's what those are. I don't think that's what Ooh. that is. Let's that take is a picture of it with the, with right. the picture. It's sort of just a cartoon. I'll try to get it onto the Twitch. <laughs> so what are, what are ways that you know that like your plant, you're like this plant needs water? Like it, it likes to shrivel up. It's just shrivel. Like, yeah, it, like, kind of crinkles. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, I see you there. But, like that's fine. Like it's yeah. a desert plant. Like that's what it knows how to do. Um, mm -hmm. And then you give it water, and it fluffs back up, and it looks pretty good. Um, and people overwater succulents a lot, um, which is like that's uh, their death knell. It's the biggest killer of succulents, I think. Probably, like they don't like that. That's not what they were like made to do. Um, so they get root rot, and root rot is very sad because if your plant gets it, it's probably a goner. Like you can sometimes kind of save it if like it hasn't reached all the parts of the plant. You can like cut it off and try to propagate it, but like, yeah, you're gonna see like the stem turn black and like the leaves turn black, and you're like, Shit. so does it? Does it help to have? Because you use bowls. Like, does yeah. it help to have more ventilation on your pot? Yeah. Well, it, drainage hole is useful, and my bowls because I select them for their aesthetics tend mm. to not have that uh, which is not ideal give yourself a little ceramic drill bit maybe well I mean you, you, put, cool. you put rocks on the yeah to help yeah yeah so I do put rocks in the bottom which helps with like the drainage situation also a lot of the times the soil that I'm using is pretty gritty because um, mm. succulents tend to prefer gritty soil uh, so water t I think tends to evaporate from that pretty fast or relatively fast mm-hmm yeah yeah, so you're currently, you're, you've been checking out the extreme sport of extreme temperatures for your succulents. Oh, no. <laughs> um, which uh, is the, well, this is a, it's like a pretty well-known thing, is that some succulents are, so they, you won't get them to flower unless they experience a cold spell, because that's like what they're meant to do in the wild. I don't know about the flowering. Honestly, the things that make succulents flower, I, I don't know too much about that. Um, but I do like to stress them out because that makes them pretty. Uh, mm. And there are different things that will cause them to be stressed. Uh, there are three main categories. Number one is light. Uh, they need lots and lots of light. And the more light you give them, the more stressed they will be. Um, it's sort of hard to reproduce the amount of light that you need in a New York City apartment. So <laughs> you're I, trying, Yeah, you're trying to do the <laughs> desert. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I have like essentially like a couple miniature suns uh, <laughs> in my room uh, made out of tube lights. And it's very bright in there. Um, For those listening, where'd you get your tube lights? Oh, Amazon mostly. So I I made a light. Uh, yeah. Because most of the tube light fixtures that you will get are ugly. Uh, and I don't like ugly things. 
so a nice minimalist tube light. I did. Uh, I bought some custom cut uh, clear acrylic panels. Uh, they're they were like a little bigger than two feet long. Uh, and I bought some single fixture T5 tube lights and double-sided clear tape. And I double-sided taped the tube light fixtures to the acrylic panels and then just sort of flipped it and clamped it to the underside of my shelf is how I did it. That's awesome. So you've got a bookshelf with its own built-in lighting, under lighting. Yep. Is there like a, a spectrum that you're looking for? Like a special uh, white light white light okay yeah. um i think a lot of people are familiar with like purple light as being a good for grow light and it is but i think white light is, for something that needs a lot is oh, supposed yeah. to be even better everything yeah yeah so you do you leave it on like the whole time like the, the whole time all uh, day, like <laughs> i have mine on timers ah yeah uh so i have like one of those outlets that's like a smart light that's hooked up to my phone uh, and I Ooh. schedule those. Nice. Um, so, you know, if I leave on, like, vacation, they're fine. They, like, turn themselves on and off. And succulents are great and that you don't really have to water them very often. So I can actually, like, leave my apartment for, like, two weeks at a time and the plants will be fine. That's really cool. At least those plants will. So there's so there's light. That's one stressing. Yeah. Um, so another one... Uh, is lack of water. If they get too thirsty in some succulents, that will help bring out the stress colors. And then the last one is temperature. Um, some of them will get stressed out by cold temperatures. Uh, so I was experimenting with this uh, and at first tried out putting a couple of my bowls overnight in my fridge. Uh, and like I checked on what the typical temperature of a fridge is before I did it because I didn't want it to be too cold uh, and it seemed okay. Uh, I came across this in my research. People sometimes put their succulents for weeks. What? In like a, in like a fridge, yeah, in a cool... For okay. weeks? I didn't even know that. Yeah, to basically <laughs> to simulate like, I guess, like a sort of a winter period yeah. is how you can inspire flowering. So that it's not sense. crazy to think you could do it overnight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm just like, for weeks, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah right. People are like, oh, yeah, cold storage for a couple weeks. Right. I'm like, okay. So that's like, a crazy MTV Cribs tour. <laughs> <laughs> that um, worked. It was like making them, or helped making them pretty for like a week. So I bought a mini fridge for my room because I didn't, my housemate is kind of like not that into bugs. And I didn't know how he was going to react to, uh, <laughs> having like a dirty bowl in his refrigerator uh, uh, so I was like all right like before he comes back he was on vacation I was like I'll get a mini fridge I mean they're air purifying said. he should thank you I don't think he'd see it that way um <laughs> but uh yeah so I got this mini fridge and it was like really nice uh nice looking little thing and I put two balls of succulents in there and what I didn't know is that the back of the mini fridge gets very cold and like a pure a person with hubris, I put it on the coldest setting on the first night, which is stupid. Don't do that. Um, and so when I took them out in the morning, the bowl that was uh, closer to the edge and at the back, you know, looked good. And I was like, oh, pretty. Uh, and then I take the other one out, which was my favorite one. It was my favorite bowl of succulents. And they had oh. been growing in there for like a year. Uh, they had frozen. <gasps> they froze. Uh, and... 
I, it took me like a little bit to process like what had actually happened to them. I was like, why they, why do they look so weird? Like their color is wrong. They're like brown, like strange looking green shades. And I touched one and it was, you know, like you would expect like a frozen thing full of water to feel. It's a little popsicle. It was, yeah. Um, and I realized like what I had done. Um, and I was actually like kind of devastated by this. Uh, I managed to kill m most of them, uh, um, nearly all the plants in that bowl. A handful did survive though. Uh, not even a handful, <laughs> like one. Um, yeah, I was hopeful that the, the oldest one would make it through. It didn't. Like, they get root rot from that um, if they're not, like, outright just done for. Um, so over, like, the next week or two, I kind of, like, watched them go through, like, their death. Because they have, like, death stages, too. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Like, it's, it's really interesting. Um, terrible, but interesting. Uh, they change colors as they're doing this. Like in the first 24 hours, some of them turned bright green. Like they had once been, I don't know, like purple or something. Uh, and they would turn like bright green. And you're like, what is doing that? And then they start to- I wonder if it's like an immune response. They're trying to like pull out all the stuff. They're like ultra yeah. chlorophyll mode. We need I think to it's because like they're not using- So normally they, they use, I think they just like use the, like they use the chlorophyll as it like to, to make their food and they just like eat. They just eat as they go, and this might be like they're not eating because oh, it's like left over, you know. I yeah, really have no idea. It might be like a human response, well, right? Well, like we'll get a fever to try to kill off, like a you know, an infection or something. So maybe there's some um, similar yeah. sort of like proteins. I mean, I did think of it like you did. I'm like, oh, they're trying, like, whatever is, doing is left, whatever uh, stop, yeah, 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 to like save themselves. Um, but they they died, um, and it was sort of difficult to watch too because I was hoping that they wouldn't die mm -hmm. so I didn't like remove them all from the bowl I like let them be there for a while and yeah uh, after maybe like two weeks had passed I was like all right I have to start replacing these so I don't look at this and feel sad for <laughs> for another month um so that was like that was weird because I uh, it was a lesson I think in patience I uh, and like, you know, I, th I thought, okay, I have this down. Like I can just introduce them to this new fridge on like the coldest setting. Um, and then I killed living things that I genuinely cared about. Uh, so I was like, all right, maybe like reevaluate uh, certain things uh, and be careful. And wait, okay, so, you, so I'm back to the stressor. So we have temperature, light, and then, oh, you and said- And cold, yes. Temp temperature. Oh, and, and oh right. Uh, keeping them dry. Keeping yeah, them dry. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And and that will express the the colors. Yes. Um. It is. It's hard to do, and it varies by plant, um, which is like another hazard of keeping them in bowls because they all have different requirements. Yeah. So I try to like figure out if they're flourishing in their particular setting, and then move them to a different one if they're not. Mm. That's so interesting. Is that like, yeah, so stress means they're having trouble or stress means they're like exuberantly showing off their colors because they're having a great time? So, mm, I mean, the idea of a great time for a plant <laughs> is like a little weird. Um, I don't know that stress is quote unquote good mm -hmm. for the plant, but I like to think of it like going for a run. Stress is me out. 
Uh, it's exercise. You're oh. exercising. Yeah. Well, isn't so like to go back like uh, Darwin, right? Like said there's like environmental stre- stressors which cause organisms to adapt and change, and right. So you can think of it. I know. I'm t- I always like try that, to think right? of like the evolutionary like reason for the thing, right? And so like, why would you show bright colors just because like your environment is becoming like a little more unhospitable? Um. Yeah, so I forget which chemical uh, corresponds to the colors. I think there are actually two. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's, I have to go look it up, actually. I don't remember what these two are called. Uh, it's like a byproduct of, like, plant adrenaline. <laughs> yeah, they're, like, it seems like the kind of thing, right? Like, from what I know about, like, colorful plants, right, it's often to, like, because they have a symbiotic relationship with insects or birds for like yeah, pollination. It's not that. And it's to attract those. So this must well, not be that. It's or not it's, that. Or um, it's to show off that they're poisonous. I will say that. And to provide like a warning. Um, I know that air, I'll ta- and I'll talk a little bit about air plants later. Like which are, they're kind of, they're succulent like. I They're, they're very, except they don't have roots. <laughs> um, but they, they flower and then they slowly die. But you can, but they, they have little pups, like they have little, they self-propagate sort of like at the, at their, where their roots would be. They're, they're like these little baby ones. So you can collect those. And then it, the mother plant that's just flowered basically dies after the, the, the flowering. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that, that is, yeah, at the end of its life, it's like trying to pass on its genetic material, right? It's like, it's like, I think that the reason for that plant flowering is like, okay, I'm going to die. Like, I need to like pass on my my genetic material. Yeah, no, some of them will like, they'll like give off babies before they die or if they're dying because they're like, oh, like I need to produce Mm-hmm. An air, uh, <laughs> an air to, 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 to the bowl. Yeah, yeah. take my place when so I. So like bow. it is. I think sometimes you will see like maybe you know propagations of the root when the parent plant is dying. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, air plants are a type of plant I did not know existed. Yeah. But. I definitely want to get some, because uh, they're awesome. It turns out, yeah. Because <laughs> they're awesome. Most of the time when you see like a living wall, it's an air plant, which are plants that don't grow in soil. Right. I'm just looking up their their scientific their scientific name. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Tillan, Tillandesia. Tillandsia. Tillandsia, which is air plants. And they look like, yeah, I guess they, they look like those like spidery the spidery plants or like little little teasel balls they kind of they kind of look like succulents i guess but they they don't have a root system they have these kind of like buttholes in their leaves like you can't you know they're microscopic this is the this is the best way i can think to describe them like and the they when it rains like they they kind of open up Stoma? And, Are they stoma? I think that's um, I forget what they're called. Okay. I don't know. I don't think it's that. Buttholes. They're like <laughs> these little channel. I mean, they they sound like circular little channels, and they like open. Okay. When it rains, and they pull water into the 
plant and then when it's done raining they they like close up really really tight and they they sort of lay flat um and then there are these other parts of the plant that that fluff up to keep the water in to keep it from evaporating and they get all their nutrients from the water and from the air like from dust and different like different minerals and like (laughs) he does yeah you want to switch places i feel weirdly no i was gonna ask you one more you're like i was gonna ask you a few more succulent questions we were just taking a little a little yeah (laughs) detour detour into air plants um i didn't want to ask if you have advice for people out there because like yeah i'm i'm not growing you know 60 70 plants what advice do you have for people who want to start growing houseplants uh, houseplants in general. Um, well, let's take the let's take the question in two parts. We'll do succulents first, and then houseplants in general, because you have other plants as well. Um, houseplants. I mean, uh, most of the time, you do need a certain amount of light in your home. So, if you live in a dungeon or in one of those New York City apartments that's basically subterranean. Well, sorry, hipsters of Brooklyn. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you may be our target podcast audience, yes. but this episode is not going to help you. I mean, if that's you, <laughs> like, and you really, really want to buy a plant, buy a snake plant. Um, you, I don't know, that will probably live. Um, <laughs> probably yeah. live. Against all odds. Yeah. Um, but don't get anything else. Um, so you don't do need a certain them. amount of light. Uh, other than that, like... There's not a lot of advice because the plants differ so much in what they need. Um, the only other requirement is that you be like a reasonably responsible person who won't forget to water them for too long. Yeah. Uh, either that or set up your hydroponics. Like, you, you know, there be you genius go. about it. Well, um, well, I mean, yeah, most of our audience, not the kind of people who remember to water plants. So they should get a succulent, right? Uh, right. So the thing with the succulents is they need a lot of light. And yeah. in New York, um, it's kind of hard to get the amount that most succulents need. Mm-hmm. So you will likely need to supplement your light with grow lights. Um, and some grow lights, especially if you only have a couple of succulents, they look fine. Um, they will emit like purple light. Some people don't like that, but some people do. Um, and like your succulent will probably do well. Um, it might still be green. Um, it might be, maybe it'll change like shades a little bit. Um, and then if you want to be a crazy person, mm. uh, you can buy lots of white lights, uh, that are very like intense and emit a lot of light. This will ruin your sleeping schedule? Yeah, it's not good <laughs> for that, um, like I said, crazy person. Um, so I don't even necessarily like recommend that. That's if you're like a specific brand of weird. There's definitely people that I... They, they do a plant, they did plant tours. I've watched a lot of plant tours and they, they're they living in not even like a plant store. Like they're, I don't know where they're living, but it's just full of plants. Yeah. It's, they're living in this, in this backdrop. Yeah. So, I mean, my know. apartment is kind of starting to reach that type of state, I think. And it's pretty cool. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not too hard to do. Like you just, you hang plants and you put them near your windows and uh, you might have to get a little creative with the layout because they do need light. But, what's, uh, what's your hanging plant? Oh, that's the pothos. 
some poppies. Yeah, poppies is yeah. makes for like a nice hanging plant. A lot of restaurants and bars actually seem to use it, so probably it's a, because it's low maintenance. A very and it hardy, good. yeah, kind yeah. of ivy sort yep. of hanging plant. Yeah, I have the. It's in the list of Pothos. like the ones, <laughs> the Instagramable ones somewhere, somewhere in here. Yes. One one factoid I came across for like advice for new plant owners is that the soil that plants come in from like when you get them at Home Depot or even Etsy or whatever is oh, often I told you oh, this. It's super spongy because it's meant to survive long periods without this. watering if it sits on a shelf in a store. How dare you steal my fact that I told you? <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. And then uh but it's, this is not actually ideal like potting soil. You shouldn't keep the plants in it because it's going to actually hold on to too much water and will give the plant root rot when yeah. you start regularly watering it. Also, so you should consistently repot your plants after you get them from the from the store or whatever. Actually, I forgot this too, um, but like bugs are a thing. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, How do you deal with bugs? So I have this stuff called diatomaceous earth. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. Stuff? Yes. Yeah. So it's used, I think, in animal feed, um, and it's like not harmful to humans. Although it does come in a very, very fine powder. So you should wear a mask, mask. <laughs> which is funny. Like we have those. You've got a bunch of yeah. I bought. I actually bought like an N95 mask for the for this. Like are... not even for like the reasons. Oh my that goodness. People, yeah. Um, so That's great. I, love I, that. I wear that in my home when I am putting the uh, the earth stuff on my plants, and it works pretty well. Like eat the flies, because you get those like little flies. Um, it yeah. Makes them go away. I. Uh, there are other types of pests that you need to quarantine plants for Ooh. if you're getting them from someplace that you don't trust. Um, and I think the advice for that usually is like if you were to go out on the street and pick up a plant, which friends I have have done this, um, you should quarantine it for 40 days. Whoa. At a minimum. Keep it away days. from your other plants. Everyone thinks like two weeks is bad, right? 40 days. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because if your other plants get like mealybugs or something, you'll be very sad. Yeah. And so will the plants. That was happening with the lucky bamboo plants a while ago, which is, yeah, like there was a shipment or something that came to New York, you know, just the bamboo plants, and they had some kind of parasite. Yep. And every, it's it was, yep. you know, ironic because it's lucky bamboo, and then people would take like this one bamboo nope. home and it would... Yeah, it wasn't lucky. Yep. Ravaged the rest yeah. of the bamboo. Uh, isn't that how the American chestnut trees died? Yes, the American oh, chestnut yeah. trees died from, I think, some fungus infection. Um, and it was particularly brutal because it not only would kill off the, the chestnut tree, but it would infect, like, the stumps even. So even new trees that sprouted would be, like, doomed. It's very sad. Yes, it yeah. is sad. It's why chestnuts roasting on an open fire is... Uh, no one's ever experienced it. <laughs> there's a song about Wait, it. Wait, there's not real? Like, those aren't... There are chest there are living chestnuts in America, but the entire, like, eastern seacoast, like, from Maine down to, like, the Carolinas, was, was covered in these absolutely massive trees that yeah. dropped... It's sad. ...tons of nuts every year that are apparently delicious. The sweet chestnut is what it's called. Because there is the horse chestnut... Which, which is, is a bullshit plant, right? which is poisonous, which doesn't even look like a chestnut. Errol and I were doing some, we're doing some, uh, some botany walks 
<laughs> so, but, yeah, we over were. Over the weekend down in we Virginia. We were using the, the plant But down app. in Maryland. And uh, we came across a horse chestnut. And I was like, these are spiny. And they're poisonous. <laughs> these yeah. fruits are terrible. Worthless. Yeah. Why would it be called yeah. a horse chestnut? So this guy, Nikolov, what is it? Nikolai uh, Vavilov, he, it was like his idea to do seed banks for this reason. Oh, mm -hmm. to preserve. To, to have like yes. a copy of every seed, like a seed library basically, mm -hmm. so that there wouldn't be, yeah, so like the chestnut, it's going extinct. And you're like, it's cool. We have the the copies of that. And he, um, he was like, I guess the reverse Johnny Appleseed, right? Okay, we read, there's some experiment that's been going for now like a century or two that's going to continue forever basically where they, there's some preserved seeds that are like thousands of years old already that they found in archaeological dig. And every like 20 years they go out and plant one of them. Oh, wow. That's crazy. To basically see how long can seeds lie dormant yeah. and still blossom. And that's I forget, cool. you know, it's some like, it's you still... know, early agricultural, like pre, way pre-industrial revolution, like crop, right? Like long before, like plant breeding really took off, um, which is cool. And I think now the you know, the record, as far as I know, it's like over 2000 years or something. Seeds can lie dormant forever. That's pretty That's cool. So crazy. Yeah. That's wow. The, yeah. So this guy, again, racism. No he way. Wasn't, he was racist. No, he wasn't racist, but his work, <laughs> his work got, got thwarted by, like, I don't know, like Stalin or something. It like, was like, I don't want you doing like genetic. It was yeah. just like. There is a global seed bank right now in Iceland, right? Yeah, that's that's his seed. That was from yeah. his seed bank. And they're worried because the permafrost is melting. So his, that was like, I guess, propagated. I don't know. That was, I guess, prop is yeah. propagated the right. It, it, they took it his comes, idea. It comes from his, but a lot of like those seeds are like the children of like his original seed bank. And. He, right, he was executed by firing squad oh because God. of tree, they, they tried him for, they tried him for treason. Oh my God. For, about the seeds. <laughs> for trees. Because there was this other scientist who was a jerk who like tattled on him and was like, oh my God, he's studying like genetics. Oh, and killed, Stalin killed all the intellectuals. Yeah, right? I know. I mean, yeah, um, rough times. So he was executed and then he gave his seed bank to... I think 10 scientists, he gave, you know, he was like, you take some, you take some, you mm -hmm. take some. And three out of, three out of the 10 of those scientists died from starvation that winter because they were, they were watching the seeds and they were so dedicated. Like they didn't even eat any of the seeds. They died. Not like a seed's going to give you many nutrients anyway. They had a lot of, it was a bank. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know. So and so they were very dedicated to like preserving preserving his his seeds and uh the Iceland one comes from that original yeah group. That's pretty cool. Seeds are pretty wild. Yeah, you can save a little genetic copy of yourself that's gonna be two thousand years from now will still be viable. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Aww. Do you wanna switch places? Yeah, sure. So in like the center. Yeah. Okay. We're involving. Well, Ariel's gonna, I think, now tell us about the top house plants. The top house. Based on her research on Instagram. Yeah. 
based on my research on Instagram. Thank you for joining us, Lily. Thank you so much. Oh, where can... With the the succulent corner? Where Where can our listeners find you? Oh, find me. Like social media, find me. Or or well, if you want give to them your them. address. I mean, I what? No, <laughs> and, um, I mean, so give I live them. in PH4B. Um, <laughs> uh, Lily Wolf is my my Instagram. Yes. Okay, and you do sometimes post pictures of your succulents. Yeah, uh, I do. Yes. Okay. To the stories. Nice. They're really beautiful. The last I haven't even seen them recently, but they're you have a really great collection. I, I think you should get I think you should get an air plant because I know you like little shells and they can grow in the shells. You can combine. Yeah. That's cool. I think air plants might be my my next Because air plants can grow in shells. Yeah. I just think they're so cool because like I'm aerial and they're air plants. Like I'm like, I don't need roots. I can grow in the air. Like I live oh. off the air, you know. They're like me. Their their skin is dry. <laughs> they they actually are, they need to be misted. Wait, aren't orchids an example? Of air plants? Don't, like, don't orchids grow on other, whatever, they're that type of oh, plant. They, for yeah. structure, okay. they grow on top of another plant. So, yes, they are. And they're not are, parasites. They're, it's like, they, they are, just, yeah. I, they are, <laughs> call, I was like, I have the. You can't shush me until you have the word ready. They're. So, say, epiphytes. Epiphytes. That's it. Yeah. So they don't. They don't steal anything from the other. No, they just stand things. on their shoulders. They yeah, and but like airplanes, can you put them on wood, <laughs> on in a seashell, in your hair? Um, they don't. Apparently, the oil from your hands. On totem poles. Totem poles. Yeah. Orna- Pinterest boards. Penis statues. Yep. Pretty much anything. Yeah, you can, and on other plants, you can put them on. <laughs> Which is where they normally grow on the tops of, well, there's some that grow in the desert and there's some that grow on the tops of trees in the the rainforest. Yeah. So they, if you can tell by their coloring, which, what they need, you know, so if they're like the very, they're more green, like true deep green, then they probably need a little less light. Just read the, more water. read the instructions that come with your And, uh, yeah, if they're, like, silverier looking, they it's, like, the reverse of that. But they do need to be, either you can mist them all, mist them all the time, or you can submerge them once a week. You can just, like, submerge them to, so they can get their water. Because it's, like, sim- it's simulating, like, a giant rainstorm. Yeah, anything I found reading... Wikipedia, or or they'll grow in like puddles on tops of like other large trees, but yeah, a a really interesting thing because Wikipedia has like I guess a global like group of writers is that they talk about they're like yes like you know unfortunately many in the United States don't understand hydroponic growing and it hasn't really caught on there, like and I was like what yeah like apparently the the Americas are very backwards actually when it comes to hydroponic like house plants and hydroponic like plant cultivation is really popular uh, in Asia. And I guess in part because then you don't need soil or dirt in your home. You can just grow right. a plant and water. It fixes a lot of issues with pests, but like it just isn't, hasn't really caught on in America. We all have big ass houses with like big pots with plants that we like water from the top down. Yeah, or you, I, there's another way, another way to water your plants is bottom, <laughs> bottom watering. Oh yeah. Which, Sometimes it's good for the ones that need a little less water. Do you need a trough? No, you can just 
put water in the bottom, like in the dish. Yeah. Oh yeah. So here's. Oh, in the and then a capillary then, action will pull it up. Yeah. So yeah, this is a Christmas cactus that I have, and. It had flowers right around Christmas. It did. Too. Yeah. And now it's lately it's been putting all its energy into growing new leaves. Into growing these leaves, and the reason I was seeing before and after researching plants a lot <laughs> recently. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm probably, it's actually probably getting a little bit too much sunlight because it's, so some plants will do this thing where they grow towards the sun, and that means that you don't have enough light. Oh. But this one has actually been growing. I keep rotating it because I want it to get, this one is right up against a very, very sunny window, and it's actually been growing into the room. Mm. So I'm like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe it's like a little too... And it's a darker of, like, a succulent. It's, like, a darker green. So I'm like, okay, maybe I can set it back from the window a mm. teensy bit. And then, yeah, we went away for the weekend, and I gave it a bunch of water. And the I'm, like, feeling down into the soil, and I'm well, like, ooh. It's not happy now. Well, it just, it's still a little wet, so I probably I need to, like, maybe put some new soil on it that's not so wet. Mm. <laughs> um, but, oh, yeah, another thing about pots too like ceramic if you get like ceramic pots they will absorb a lot of water and kind of like continuously keep the the plant moist so that's another thing to keep in mind like if you if you don't want your if you're afraid of like root rot and stuff maybe don't get a ceramic pot get i think the self-watering ones from target are like a really popular they're really popular. It's uh, Instagrammable, sleek pot that people are liking. That are like plastic. There's some kind of recycled plastic. Um. Yeah. So and then uh, another. Oh, is is our guest leaving? Yep. She's out. She's out to yep. to check on her succulents. <laughs> Thank you. Um. Oh, yes, we were talking about, like, clay, the clay pots, right? And then when you were talking about the soil, the soil mixtures from, like, the the stores, you can also tell if the soil mixture isn't quite right. Like, if you you pour water into the plant and then it, like, immediately goes out the bottom, but then you you stick your finger in the soil and it hasn't, um, it hasn't, like, penetrated, you might need, like, a softer mix. Mm -hmm. Because that, that, that'll often happen. People will be like, oh, my God, I'm watering it. like, And the water goes out the bottom, but the plant is still looking dry. It might be because the soil, again, is, like, compact. You've got bad soil. Yeah. You'll break it up. And people get really crazy with, like, the mixtures that they come up with. I don't know. The, the Christmas cactus. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Christmas cactus is, like, pretty easy to take care of in, if you have sun. Yeah, and you've got it in some pretty, like, western-looking, like, wet soil. So it's not too uh, grainy. Yeah. I th- again, I think I need to like, oh, give okay. it a little slightly drier soil. It, give it some more gritty After soil. After doing the research. Like, I, it's going to live, but I think it'll be happier if I, mm. if I, if I, I was going to say if I translate it, if I, if I transplant Transfer. it. Cool. Yeah. So the last, the last oh, cool yeah. factoid I read about plants. Are we going to go through the list of the popular ones? You can go through the list. I don't okay. know how compelling it will be in a I mean in a in an audio format, but 
let me drop my last piece okay. of knowledge. Then you can can do the countdown of the top ten most popular social media plants, and that's that'll take us to the end of the show. So my cool factoid was that plants, house plants, have been shown to actually absorb non or volatile organic compounds in the air. So oh. they actually do. People say they like, oh, they purify the air. They're good to have, but like. NASA has done research and studies on this. But there's no air in space. In certain plants. Well, I hope there is in the space station. True. Okay. So for the, mm. particularly for the astronaut, they're like, oh shit, like what if stuff outgasses or like what, like chemicals or benzene or something like leaks into the cabin? Oh, um, no. They're like, how could, like, what could we do? Or there's, it's a phenomenon that's happened a bunch of times. It's known as sick building syndrome. Where people working in an office building will just get sick a lot oh. and get headaches. Oh, there was a guy in your office who died from that. There was a guy in my office who died from that. Because you guys didn't it. have plants. Yeah. So the, Bloomberg. They, it actually is exactly that. How dare you? <laughs> you don't name names at this point. There actually is. Uh, Google. But it is I'm exactly that. Tech there will companies. be in Generally, it's new buildings, but there will be either because of like the paint or plastics used in the construction of the building or something stuff that's outgassing slowly that puts like trace amounts of uh, volatile organic compounds in the air and people like inhale it and get sick or like, you know, get constant headaches or whatever. And like waves of people calling in sick, it's bad. The building makes you sick. So it turns out houseplants can fix that. What? And they've studied it and the plant actually, they like put trace amounts of like these poisonous chemicals like, like toluene and like benzene and like stuff that would like mess you up if you inhaled it at low concentrations for a long period of time and the house plants just absorb it and pothos is like a real popular one and i think they also tested snake plants snake plants everyone they're says like really snake great plants. purifying the air. They, they look like tongues like they're just like what's cool is the plant uh yeah they capture the these like poisonous like organic compounds and they just break them down and use the carbon as food so they just eat it basically so the plants are like totally so cool with cool. it so I was like, wow, the plants really, and it's like a, yeah, substantial difference. They'll reduce it by like 50% or more in these like, these buildings that would otherwise make people sick. So office plants, very important actually. Except, you, okay, make sure that you know what kind of lighting situation you have in there, sure. you know? So yeah. all plants do need some kind and of. And if you and all your coworkers are all watering the plant without telling each other, then it's going to get, bad. it's going to talk. But I think a lot of people, they're like, oh, overhead light is fine, you know, that's fine. But they do need some, this, like, they do need some kind of sunlight. Mm -hmm. So you have to make sure that they're getting some kind of actual sun and not just, like, the light in your house. You can't, a plant can't live without yeah, sun. Yeah, a lot of office buildings have pretty good lighting situations these days. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, all the open work. The open work plants. Yeah, your, plants. your WeWork probably has windows and you can put yeah. your snake plant in the window. Yeah. All right. Um, so so let's do the rundown. Okay. Oh yeah, and then we should say what our favorite plants are. Okay. Like to maybe to grow or like the ones the, the coolest looking ones. To worship. Yeah. So there's the the fiddle leaf fig. So these okay. are what is this list? This is like plants that are currently the most yes popular, the most Instagrammable. The Both. Like, I think because there's a real plant culture out there. It's it's why like. It's crazy. I think it's, especially during it's wild. It's wildflowers. It's wild. During uh I think during quarantine people got super into it, but there's I've noticed 
there are all these videos. There's like my plant tour, my top plants. There's also plants I regret buying, you know. This is like a YouTube channel? These are, yeah, these are the videos that you're going to find. They're like, these are, and these are common, like throughout these plants. There's, you know, like the plant guy and like the crazy plant guy and like Mm -hmm. crazy plant lady. Yeah. Yeah, they uh, they have the the plants they regret, and then they have then there are videos where they're like my problem plants I grew. They're like it's a problem. This is why you problem know plants plants that abused me. Oh, they, no, there are videos where they're like I'm an addict, like I'm addicted to oh. buying plants. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. then there are some people where you're like, you live plant rehab. You live in a, yeah. Because I can understand, I mean, it's something that I could essentially live, like, forever, pretty much. And so everyone that you get, you're like, okay. But I, I guess they have plant swaps, mm. you know, it's for mm-hmm. that for that purpose. Um, also, if you're in... If you love something, let it go. Yeah, <laughs> or, or yeah, give it to your friend. Um, All right. There's also, in if you live in New York or Brooklyn, there's the Sill, which is a plant store in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and I listened to one of the owners, Chris, talk a lot about the houseplant basics, and they have classes there, and he's really knowledgeable and, like, interesting to listen to, so, and so maybe buy your plants in person from there, if not yeah. Etsy. The guideline <laughs> that I saw, it's, uh, what is it, for Gen Z, plants are the new pets, Mm. Pets are the new children. Oh, yeah. And then stuffed animals are the new uh, plants. <laughs> are the new plants, maybe? Yeah. Okay. All right, so, so tell us our top ten. So you have the the fiddle leaf. I think this is more the top ten. There's the fiddle leaf fig. But let's just rate it. Let's rate it. Because if you're a plant person, you know this already. So Okay. So, so what do a, you think? a ficus lyrata. Yeah. All right, so it's like a mini fig. Right, figs are known for having giant leaves. Yes. And um, these guys can, like, they can get really big. I've seen them in this, there's, like, this one, um, this office, this, like, this dermatologist, my dermatologist has one. And it's enormous. It's so big. And it has these little strings that are, like, keeping the leaves from slumping over because the stem is so small under the leaves. And it's, like, I, it's it's really cool looking. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess that's. I don't. But these are I don't apparently want to go straight to ten. Let's call that a. Let's call that an eight out of ten. That's a good okay. plant. That's yeah. This is this isn't the. Then there's the Chinese money plant or the Pulea, pepperom pep. Pepperomides. The Pulea. Pepperomides. Yeah. All right, minimalist and contemporary. It looks kind of like a bunch of pancakes. Looks like a lot of lily pads. Lily pads, lily pads. It's like a 3D lily pad feature. I guess you could show people. You could show the good people of Instagram what we're talking about here. Yeah, so that's the pepperomids, right? Yeah. Um, All right, so that's an okay plant. It's an okay plant. I mean, I'm going to give that a six. You're going to give that a <laughs> If that, I mean, that's generous. Then All there's right. the spider plant. Cool plant. It's kind of like a fern. No, it's not a fern. It, it looks almost like a grass. It looks it's like a grass. It looks like a sea, a sea grass, kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah. And it has, I think it's called variegation, 
which mm -hmm. is like the yellow and it's it's different colors on the same like the leaf. snake plant. It's yes, cool. it's got a yellow outline around. People the leaf. go bananas for that. Apparently, like that's like a thing. People are like the variegation. Oh, the variegation, honey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's an alright plant. Oh, that's the, also a the, six. Peace, the peace lily. Peace lily goes all the way back to like the '60s. Was like a very like in plant when house plants yeah. first took off. People were all about the peace lily. Good at air purifying. Stand Looks by. like a vagina. Classic house plant with People a giant them. clit. <laughs> Has some cool flowers too. Right? Doesn't it? Graceful white spathes. They're called. We we actually had a what? Let's see, spathilium. Wallisi. That's mm. it sounds like a Star Wars character. Okay. We had one, a really big one actually, when I was a kid. I think my mom still has it and she moves it outside. I and a classic seventies household plant. Yeah, I uh, you mean nineties. <laughs> classic two thousand household plant. I mean maybe she's she, well, no, she was yeah, she's also extremely young. It was mm. not born. She wasn't even around in the seventies. Uh I would take a, dirt out of the plant soil and I would just throw it on the floor and then people would look at me and I would like smirk. That was my relationship to that plant. Wow, that's cool. You're a cool kid. <laughs> yeah. I would just what like, I'd be like, <laughs> air plant. All right. Let's see this air plant. The Tillandesia. I really want one. It's related to the pineapple. Oh. Did you know that? No. Yeah. Because pineapple. Doesn't it look like the top pineapples of Pineapples are like a you know, crop that grows in the ground. I don't think... Huh? Or no, they grow in a bush. Pineapples yeah. grow off a bush, right? Yeah. I, I think that's their deal. They're not like potatoes or carrots. They're like, they grow in a bush. Doesn't it look like the top of a pineapple? <clears throat> mm-hmm. I feel like that's how it evolved. Yeah. Like one day it fell off. It's a part of the pineapple with an attitude. Yeah, it's like it no one eats top. me. That's okay. I don't need roots. All right. <laughs> so it's like if you just grow like a person's haircut. As a, as a plant. Yeah. All right. I want to give the. I want to give this one. I want it. Rating. Can you show the picture of the airplane oh, for yeah. people? Because look at this saucy pot. It doesn't need any. There's no it's soil. Just like, it's look just at growing that. in a glass. It's like a little head, a little hair. Yeah. It's a little hair in a glass. So it has breathed new life into the terrarium hobby, apparently. Yeah. Because you don't even need soil. Yeah. Oh, so pristine. I love it. Yes, it needs a heavy spritz. So that's for people who really want to bond. Like, they're like, I want to look at it and, like, care for it every day. But you really can just dunk it in water and then dry it out mm -hmm. once a week. Mm. And that's because you want to submerge it you, to really open up those uh, water buttholes in the leaves. <laughs> Stomata. Stomata? Stomata? I don't think that's... I think that's a part of a flower, right. <laughs> actually. Uh, okay, so, oh, aloe. I actually used to have an aloe plant. Okay. Yeah. We know about this one. Everybody knows aloe. Yeah, aloe. It's just mm -hmm. a little guy. It yeah, kind of looks a, like it has an airplane. spots too. But he needs a pot. Yeah. Yeah, they, they're also kind of succulent-esque, so they need sandy soil. And you really can take a little piece of the plant off and, like, put it on your like cuts and and like you can put it on pimples too and it, it's like it's really it's really good you can also eat it it tastes very sour very bitter yeah there is the aloe uh drink 
that you can get and like that has so much sugar in it to like cover the taste yeah and like uh yeah various like puerto rican and mexican delis in new york you can get the aloe drink the aloe drink like, uh, yeah i think it has a ton of sugar but it's like and it has little chunks of aloe in it actually and you're like this is probably healthy yo they're totally called stomata i knew it, it means mouths oh, they look in like they resemble that, tiny mouths. Oh yeah, mouths. It was great. They're Closing green. Closing the stone, you know the plant has enough mean. carbon dioxide. The plant can preserve its water and prevent itself from drying out. Knew it. Oh okay, yeah. There you go. Wow. All right, continue. <laughs> Mouth. They don't Tell look me about, like mouths. Oh, the jade plant. The jade plant. The Crassula ovata. All right. Yeah, it says it's every bit as pretty as those trendy faux plants you see at the hobby store. But it's not fake. But it's Because it looks not. like a fake plant. It's it does. very deep green. Yeah. Shiny leaves. Deep and shiny so leaves. So this is one that probably doesn't need a lot of light. Well, this one, though, it says it, it, it does. So this is more of a succulent-y kind of thing, oh. I guess. Yeah, it says that it needs it needs light and it and not a ton of water. Oh, well there goes our theory. I guess if it was wax, we said it didn't need a lot of water because it's like, just like, shh, get off, get off me. I well, you could care. also, okay, another thing you can tell is the root system, right? So when you transplant it, when you bring it home, what you're gonna do, um, you can, succulents don't have like a crazy, the root system is very shallow because mm. they don't, they don't drink that much. Mm -hmm. So you can, you can look at that as well. Okay. All right, just moving okay. on. Then the African violet, the Saint Paulia. Can you, this is, this is thus far the most colorful plant. It's an actual flowering plant. Yes. Oh yeah, I guess the, the main reason people don't put wild flowers in their home is because they die every, and you have to replant them. Yeah. They're perennials? Flowering, yeah, perennials die once a year. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and they flower because, like, either they're trying to get, you know, insects or birds to come, like, eat their seeds or whatever, or, like, yeah, or bees to come by to hang out to, like, pollinate stuff. But flowering or making a flower takes a lot of energy. Yeah. So a plant often does that sort of towards the end of its life. How crazy would that be if we just, like, if old people were just like, okay, I'm going to have a baby now. <laughs> like, in the nursing home, mm -hmm. they're, like, oh, on their deathbed, God. and they're, like, it's, like, boop boop and like a baby comes out like that's literally what plants are mm -hmm. that is but also if the old person looked really hot right before they die that's true they really get into their, they yeah, just their look final amazing. Look amazing they shoot out a baby and then they die like yes i'm gonna start hanging out in nursing homes mm -hmm. i mean nursery homes right because like plants <laughs> thanks <laughs> yeah so they they don't need indirect light, the the African violet, and they need light, regular moisture. So it sounds like they're pretty like basic to take care of, actually. So that mm. might be a good beginner if you want a flowering plant. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. and then here it comes, snake plant. The snake plant, the Sansevieria trifasciata. Oh, trifasciata, I think you think that's like three color. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Fasciitis is like, what is fasciitis? Connected, Connected tissue. tissue. Yeah. So I don't know. Something. Try something. Is it like, it's sometimes called the plant, stepmother's, stepmother's <laughs> tongue or something like that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Rude. Um, yeah. It's a, 
It's cool because it's a plant that has its own little highlighter around the leaves of the plant. That's the variegation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It kind of makes it stand out. It's just it really funny to like watch the Instagram like models just be like use all these scientific like they're, just, they're like pronouncing them better than us. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're like the variegation's really good on this plant. <laughs> oh my god. The, the bromeliad, which I'm gonna guess is related to air plants and pineapples. I think bromeliad. Bromeliad? Yeah. Oh yeah, because they're they they grow nestled in trees. So they're yeah. really oh, these epiphytes. The epiphytes. These are epiphytes. More yeah. Orchid potting medium works well. So it's like a variety of similar to the orchid. Yeah. Maybe is an orchid. Well, I guess they look more jungly though. They look mm-hmm. more like a jungly plant than a deserty. So I, I would assume orchid. We went to the orchid exhibit before, right before mm-hmm. uh, quarantine. Pretty good orchid exhibit. Yeah. Oh, there's the, the, the lucky, lucky bamboo. bamboo, as you said, diseased. Yes. Uh, ooh, they're called the Draconia mm-hmm. sandaria. It's like this, probably like dragon something, the dragon plant. Oh, yeah, and they can grow in water. Yeah. So I guess they don't need soil. It's also a special bamboo that will cease to grow once you clip the top, unlike outdoor bamboo, which grows like an inch a day and is insanely unmanageable. Oh, yeah. Shout out to your mom. Shout out to my mom and her, yeah, out of control bamboo in Hawaii. Yeah. It's like in Crouching Tiger, they're like on the bamboo. Mm hmm. They're standing on it. Great plant. Ivy. Hetera helix. That's such a cool name. Wait, what? do we have to go through this whole list? We're at number 12 already. I thought it was a top 10. It's like 17. I'm just reading. Uh, right. Ivy. Right. I had Ivy. Ivy's it's boring. Cool. Let's move on. We all know that. The dumb cane plant. All right. Yeah, it's just like a, the same coloring as aloe, but not as cool. It has a crazy... Oh, basil. Which I'm going to grow. We didn't talk about herbs. Herbs are really... E- basil and mint are really easy to grow. Yeah, that's another episode. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't even talk about herb gardens. Yeah, but uh, basil and mint are really, very, really easy to grow. Mm. For for the summer, you can make your own, like, mint julep. Yeah. And they're really... Like, I just bought some seeds, and they're, like, they're like 69 cents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, herbs are the leaves of the plant, and spices are the seeds. Yes, unless you dry out the basil, and then it's both. I think it's still an herb. It's just a dried herb. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not a spice. It's a seasoning. No, it's well, a seasoning. They're all seasonings in the class of seasoning. The umbrella just plant. Just the difference between spice and herbs. So there's the umbrella plant. It's like an umbrella, Ella. It also has the... The different colors. Crotons are cool plants. Crotons. Can we throw the croton up? Yeah. Let the people see the croton. Codinium. Both because it's got a cool name. It's sort of like a very postmodern plant. It's got yeah. clean, clean lines, great colors. Croton is my 10 out of 10. That's my fave plant on the list here. Yeah. Okay. I think we could grow them like really they well. They are a colorful pattern. Philodendron. Yes. Yeah. It's... This is the hanging basket, the hanging garden. Yeah, philodendrons are very hardy, kind of ivy trailing vine plant. Yeah, and there you go. That's that's the seventeen most popular ones voted by the spruce. 
and I guess let's end well before we plug what's your favorite plant like of all plants of all house plants like you, oh, your the well I love the croton is my favorite house plant I think my favorite plant overall I really love a saguaro cactus <gasps> yes oh my god I love those too we talked about the succulents but I love a good cactuses hands up yes Cactus style. That's like your classical cactus. I love those They grow too. up to like 20 feet. They do. They live a really long time. Uh, yeah, they're spiny. They're just your classic like Southwestern American cactus. Those are great plants. Yeah, I love those. Apparently they grow, they're like weeds in Arizona and some people have them removed from their home. Get these cactuses from their there's a cactus in the den. God yeah. damn, it's like popping up out of the floor. It's like, whoop! Call the exterminator. Yeah. The saguaro. The saguaro. The saguaro man. Yeah, like Instead of like Mosquito it's, Joe, it's like saguaro you just Sam. See, yeah, branches popping up. And yeah. A, a, a lot of the landscapers, uh, Arizona-like landscapers, they say that they they add to their own collection when, they have, when they've been called to well, like remove Yeah, I mean, they should be easy to remove, I guess, because their roots are Their just roots like, are really, yeah. One or two feet deep, and you're just like, right. just move it. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? What are your favorite plants of the episode? Of the episode? Well, I, my new obsession okay. with air plants. We're going to get one. I love okay. it. Yeah. I definitely relate more to the succulents because, I mean, I am thirsty all the time and I get cold very easily. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, I like the sun. Yeah. Right. So, so you're a succulent. I would definitely. And you're a fan be of the epiphytes. Yeah, because that's me. I I'm not a parasite. I just like to ride on like things that are taller than me. Uh -huh. Yeah, <laughs> standing on the shoulders of giants. Yep. is what the epiphytes are doing. So we'll I'll get an airplane and report back, and then if people want to dance like plants, <laughs> dance like a plant, or. If, for all the house plants or the house music plant people, what can they do? The deep house music plants. Um, we have a plant rave this what? Saturday, 9 p.m. Has there ever I've, been I've such a thing? I've prepared a phenomenal set uh, that features succulents. It features rainforest and tribal vibes. And it features songs about the sun that are uplifting about personal growth. <laughs> yeah, plant growth. Uh yeah, so that's going to be Saturday night at 9 p.m. I'm going to DJ it. I'm going to have, I have some amazing time-lapse, succulent, blooming growth backdrops that I'm going to be playing. Might bring this guy or some sort of plastic facsimile of a plant. Uh, mm -hmm. And Ariel is going to be embodying the plants. Yes. Yes. I suppose you'll be an air plant for all three sets, but... You'll be channeling be the vibes of different ecosystems. Yeah. yeah, I have I have different plants in mind that I'm going to embody on in different apparatuses. So tune in. Yeah. Yeah. And so, then we'll be back next week talking about something different. We'll be back next week, 8 p.m. for the chat. Thanks everybody who watched, who's listening to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review, please. Yeah. On uh Apple Music or iTunes or whatever. Spotify. Just out there. Yeah. Um, and if you want to suggest stuff, you can, you can like, you know, contact us. If you want us. to talk about something, if you want to be a guest on future episodes, let's Yeah. Know. Only if you're like an expert, like Lily Wolf expert. Like if you can be at that caliber, then yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Otherwise, we'll just. You know, you know. We'll do the research for you and we'll talk about your subject. Yeah.
All right, let's play it out with a little bossa nova tropical tunes.